Welcome! You found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And a few of my favorite ordinary summer things are roses in my garden, a dash through the lawn sprinkler, and fresh corn on the cob, grilled. And a few of mine are watermelons so sweet that the juice runs down your face and stains your elbows, campfires that smell of sweet pine cones, and vanilla-flavored iced coffee with cream that can crack any face into a grin. We hope these conversations help you see the extra hidden right in plain sight in your ordinary life, too. Get comfy. Here we go. an epiphany this week, Lisa Joe, and <laughs> it came as I sat here in my office, one eye on my own computer screen and one eye over on my daughter's computer screen as the second graders were let out into a Zoom breakout room. <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa Joe, I don't even have words for what happened next. I don't even have words for what happens once the second graders are sent off into Zoom breakout rooms. <laughs> is there adult supervision or is it just like a group of second graders in a it's Zoom room? It's just a small group of second graders oh, wow. <laughs> trying their best to answer the question assigned to them by the teacher. Um, but I had an epiphany because I realized in the w- utter weirdness of that hilarious moment that I have always loved back to school season, and I have thought in the past that I loved it because it's new. After a long, hot, hot summer, you know, you get this fresh September feeling and everything's new again. But I'm realizing, no, no, it wasn't ever the new that I loved. It was the familiarity of back to school. It was the comfort, like a well-worn pair of shoes that I was pulling out of the closet again, shoes that just fit me so well. Because, you know me, I went to school forever and ever. So back to school has been my reality, really, like my whole life, right? (laughs) But this year, September is not a comfortable pair of shoes. September is so weird and so new. And these new shoes are pinching. Yes, it's not the comfy new old. It's just the new new that doesn't quite fit right. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, second graders in Zoom. What's some of the other weirdness this week? So three of my kids are schooling at home, lunch break, snack time, recess. It's all happening here at home. (laughs) My, My high schooler will pop upstairs to tell me he's got an internet problem and I'm hushing him because his little sister is in the middle of Zoom art class. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's It's crazy. We're trying to keep the dog quiet. Um, I, it's, it's just, it's so weird for all of us. And I keep looking at my kids and saying, like, wow, second grade's hard. I'm tired. Or, you know, I'm checking with my son. You're in, you're in high school now. How does it feel? And he's like, mom, I haven't left my bedroom. <laughs> I'm like, I know, uh, but, with but you're in high voice. school. <laughs> I know, like, this is a podcast that celebrates the gift of the ordinary. And I think part of the ordinary is the familiarity. Like, that's what makes things ordinary, right? They've become yeah. so familiar that they feel basic or ordinary. And now we're being jolted <laughs> with completely extra, like, and not extraordinary as in exceptional, but like extra as in like extra pinchy. Like, for example, 
I have, as we have now shared on several episodes, been on the hunt for the right running shoes for my feet. And I keep ordering pairs and they're not the right ones. I keep sending them back. And I I wear them like around the house for like a good half hour or so because I feel like just trying it on in a store is not actually going to give me an accurate calibration of whether the shoe is meant for my foot. And so I said to my son, who is a total, wait, this is a term I've learned, sneaker head, who's obsessed with all these shoes and all these different companies who sell like shoes that are out of style or stock, like these special years of certain sneakers. Anyway, I told Jackson, he said, how do they feel? He always asked me, how do they feel after like half hour, 40 minutes? And I will often say, well, I don't know. They seem really comfy. I mean, my toes are numb, but they seem fine. And then he goes, wait, what did you say? And I go, I mean, my toes are just kind of numb. But other than that, they seem really comfortable. (laughs) And he goes, mom, that's not normal. Like that isn't how it's supposed to feel. And I was like, really? Like running shoes always kind of make my toes numb. And he's like, no, then you're wearing the wrong ones. Like you need to send these ones back too. But it's funny how your brain can just tell you sometimes, oh, that discomfort or that pinch or that numbness, you just just get used to it. Like it's supposed to be that way. But of course it isn't. And that is what's so tricky because all of September feels that way to me. And we are supposed to somehow just get used to having numb feet. It does. It does. I feel like... (laughs) September is normally I go in for meet the teacher night with the kids. Right. And I meet the teacher. And then we have a really wonderful email relationship thereafter. Right. Right. But I rarely, if ever, see them face to face again. And I like email relationships. They just, you know, I I can communicate very clearly in writing. Uh, It's just very easy. It's very convenient. But now my relationship with the teacher is is me. Tiptoeing behind my daughter during a Zoom call to deal with whatever uh, supply emergency she's currently having, (laughs) trying not to show my face. (laughs) I know. I'm in constant fear of like walking in in on a classroom of fourth graders while like wearing my bathrobe or something because I'm like Zoe has started school and I'm working, but I'm just not dressed properly for the day yet. So she constantly uh, would give me like the death eye glare, like do not come into my bedroom and humiliate me, mother. You know, the sweet thing is the second grader is perfectly content to have me stick my face into her Zoom call to help her out with something like it doesn't bother her at all. She wants me there. I'm trying to stay very close. But my sixth grader, my son, so I, because again, it's just been week one and we're trying to make sure things are going well, um, especially on the first day. But the first two days, I was poking my head into his room where he's got his setup at his desk. I was poking my head into his room, um, you know, every hour or so just to make sure, is the internet right, working? Are you right. finding your links to all your classes? Right. Are you managing your schedule? So I would, you know, creak open the door a little bit and poke my head in. And immediately it was like he was shutting everything down. He was turning off the video. <laughs> And finally, at the end of the day, I told him, I was like, honey, I promise you, when I creak, creak open the door, and from the door, you you couldn't see me on the computer. He's not facing that direction. So I said, honey, I promise, when I creak open the door, I am not about to burst in. I'm just poking my head in, and you can give me a thumbs up. You don't have to turn off your video camera in the middle of your class. You don't have to shut everything down. I promise, I'm not about to come in and show my face on your Zoom call. Because apparently, that would be the most, that would be so horrifying to him that he would rather shut everything down and go absent in the middle of a Zoom class rather than have his mother show her face at the edge of the screen. (laughs) It's just, 
newness is exhausting. It takes a lot of energy to process and learn all these new skills. And I'm so astonished by our children because they are now not only acquiring the courage and the social acclimation that, say, middle school or my oldest high school now requires, they have to do it all in this context of distance learning. And it's just, it's got to be exhausting. My boys are going two days a week in person, but it's only till noon. And we were planning just like some activity. And I asked one of my boys, okay, can we just do it like an hour after you get home from school? And they were like, no. You give us a lot more time. And I was like, wait, mm. why? And he said, because we're exhausted. We're exhausted when we get home. <laughs> I said, but you're just there till noon. Like it's lunchtime. And they just gave me the look of death, like mother. And I just said back, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Everything is exhausting these yeah. days. So beginning new things can be really hard, especially when they don't feel old or familiar yeah. or comfortable. Yeah, I know. I feel like I want my old September back, but... I'm not going to get that September back. So so what's next? Am I just going to go on repeating that like a child? I want my old September right. back. No, this is the September I have. And the leaves are starting to turn yellow and the air is cooling off. And it's still September. It's just a September like I've never lived before. And um, it's not certainly all bad. I keep telling myself like, wow, I'm really kind of like a second grade teacher's assistant now. It's just sort of what I do now all day. and. And it's sweet at times, and it's hilarious at times. And oh my goodness, the stories I have all stored up in me about, you know, second graders in breakout rooms. Like, (laughs) at times, it's really pretty great. It's just so not what I ever expected to be doing. And I can't quite wrap my head around it. Um, And I know you're right. For my daughter, it's the same. I mean, even at second grade, she... She knows she's not supposed to be going to school on her computer, but yet that's what we're doing. That's what we're figuring out. So I don't know. I guess I wonder like, okay, what are the next steps? Is it just about gratitude lists, which are great? Is it just about noticing, hey, here's, you know, what is still good? Here's what's still working? Or um, are there other perspectives we can bring to bear on this? Um, I will say, I think (laughs) one thing, when can we call it a tool or is it a coping mechanism? I don't know. But laughter, just laughing. Uh, we have laughed more this week as a family. And I think it's because we're either going to be laughing or crying. <laughs> so we just keep laughing, laughing, laughing. Um, funny, you know, Zoom call anecdotes at dinner. And um, I feel like I should apologize to other parents of the school because my kids are bringing back all kinds of stories about what your kids are up to on Zoom calls. <laughs> And we're just enjoying it. We're just laughing and laughing or the things that happen in the chat box. I mean, it's, it's, what are we going to do but laugh? And it does help. It does. I think it's funny you say laughter. I've also thought that politeness has been really helpful because I think in our family, we can tend to be short or irritated or annoyed or assume the worst or let our snappiness come out. And I've started telling my kids, we're going to be polite to each other. Mm. Like you can be frustrated. That's okay. But you need to be polite, like how you express that, which is a thing I never thought would come out of my mouth. (laughs) But but in this confined space and uh, dear listeners, our AC is still broken. It has been a full week now. And so in the the inferno in which we live, <laughs> politeness has become a really important life preserver to help us navigate all of the newness. And yet, 
sometimes we've leaned into the newness to create some new things ourselves. For me, it feels like taking back the narrative somehow. So what's hard is when you're forced to wear a pair of shoes you didn't choose. So if you give me those shoes I don't want that are kind of pinchy, well, now I'm going to at least, you know, bedazzle them. Remember the old bedazzlers where you could like put rhinestones on things? (laughs) Like I'm going to at least bedazzle the heck out of the fact that my daughter is doing online school. So I said yes to things I would never normally say yes to, aka painting her bedroom. And she's like waged a Pinterest campaign for months against me. (laughs) She picked everything out. The sky blue, the white baseboards, the bedspread, the she dreamed how she had to, had to have a, a sofa that she could rest on during the day. And I told her that would never happen. And so she adapted. There's a little bench that we have in her room and we covered it with a fuzzy little blanket and we bought some pillows at Walmart and voila, she has a sofa that you, she told me she needs a place that is not her desk where she's Zooming all day. Then she needs a hangout comfy zone at the end of the day. (laughs) These are her words. So she has her little sofa and a gallery wall of her own paintings above it. But that was a very new thing, too, to say yes to that. It was excruciating to do. It wasn't fun. We painted and painted and painted. And let me just say, her walls originally from the previous homeowners were purple, like a light shade of purple slash lilac, which is very difficult to cover with white paint. <laughs> you now and know. <laughs> a lot out of us. But, but, you know, that was saying yes to something new in order to bedazzle sparkle, paint, disguise, the new thing that had pinched us. And it's true when we lean into whatever the hard, uncomfortable thing is, and we say, all right, how do I make this my own story? How do I wrap familiarity around this uncomfortable thing? That felt really empowering this week. And I will say every day since when she sat in her beautiful, beautiful little skybox of a room on her Zoom calls, I have thought to myself, yes, I got something right. (laughs) That was the right decision. And I have felt so happy about that. Um, And there was a real cost to it. I think my knees still hurt. And I just noticed today when I was getting dressed, oh, I have white paint still on my ankles. Like I had missed (laughs) that I still have paint on my body. But somehow taking ownership in that small, small, ordinary way was empowering. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I think actually it'll sound like the opposite, but I think these can be compatible. So I'm going to throw out there, I think also for me, a lowering of standards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because yes. I am, and maybe some of our listeners are this way, like I, I'm a little bit more like Zoe. I'm the Pinterest board vision girl about how it's all going to look and it's going to be so beautiful. And I can set these really high expectations for myself, for my kids. And so I thought I was being pretty cool, casual mom before virtual learning started when I told my kids, hey, it's going to be fun. We're going to be more relaxed than you would have to be at school. But I do still want you to brush your hair, brush your teeth, and get out of your pajamas. Those mm. are the only three things you have to do. Um, now, I, I think it took two days. And I know maybe only one day, Lisa Joe. And I decided, hey, no, no, just just brush your teeth and brush your hair. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I no longer care about the pajamas. Yep. Lowering of standards is key. Right? I I think that's a great encouragement for just people everywhere, like especially when it comes to, say, for example, mealtimes, right? Mm -hmm. I We used to have really great 
gatherings around our table two or three times a week because everybody's out rushing around at sports and school. And so then this would be kind of the in-bringing of the family and we'd sit down and it would anchor us. But I have to say, like, we spend so much together time. Like, there are nights now where I just want everybody to, A, handle their own dinner and B, not be with me while we eat. Like, go, yes, you want to be in your bedroom watching another show? God be with you. Go and do that thing. And I at first would feel really guilty about it. And now I've realized like it's just a sanity saver. Like if I feel exhausted and just desperately need some introvert time and I feel delighted by watching a show and eating something alone, that's okay if I give that to my kids a few times a week. Like it's just okay, like a lowering of standards. And I just know we will get back. There'll be routine again. And it it makes it more special when we do all sit down together. But I'm just deciding to let myself out of the penalty box for how many nights we don't all sit down at the same time together. Because I just, I I quite frankly can't. Like, it's been too much time together already during the day. I feel like we should start our own Pinterest board and have (laughs) cute little pictures with the little (laughs) graphics on there. Let, you know... Tonight is eat alone in front of the TV night. And, you know, <laughs> today is wear your, your three-day-old pajamas to school day. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, and my boys have grown so much during this quarantine season and haven't had to wear real clothes that when right. they had to find clothes again, <laughs> like it's been oh, no. really hysterical watching them try to fit into their shorts. I was like, oh, wow, take those off. Take them off right now. Like that is so so horrifying. <laughs> that look is so bad. So it's been really, we've laughed really hard about that too, just realizing our standards had lowered so significantly that, uh, I mean, I have to say things to my children now, like, listen, I feel like you're wearing boxers around the house all the time, but when you're cooking, you at least <laughs> need to put a shirt on because not because of like sanitary, but like, I worry that you will burn yourself and it will be bad. And that is the only justification they will accept because they're always just like, mom, nothing fits me. <laughs> like, just go get anything. That oil is definitely going to splatter somewhere where you will regret it. <laughs> My son, Lisa Joe, told me that he needed new shoes, and I told him, honey, it's going to be winter soon, and I'm pretty sure your snow boots still fit, so <laughs> I think we'll be fine. <laughs> Christy, well, this is like a whole Lower Your Standards podcast. Our it house is, has been yeah. so hot. We've, oh. We were like trying to bring in fans from different places, and my sons are working out in this shed on our property, and it's like a million degrees in there. It's so gross that they have this fan that they use. And I sent one of them out last night, just go get that extra fan, bring it into my bedroom. I'm not even functioning. So he brings the fan in and plugs it in. And I'm sitting there in my room and all I can think is, (laughs) where is that smell coming from? It is so bad. I cannot breathe. And I'm like, I know it's not me. So I actually call my son on the phone. Yes, I do not get up and walk to his room. That is too much. This is the Lower Your Standards podcast. I call him and I'm like, hey, buddy, listen, I love you. I'm so proud you worked out today. I just want to remind you, you definitely should shower tonight. And he's like, mom, I already showered. And I'm like, okay, so where is that smell coming from? I turn the fan off. I walk over to the fan and I sniff it. And then I nearly pass out. And somehow that fan has recycled their BO for so long. It is like caked onto the fan. So when it blows air, there is nothing fresh about it, Christy. (laughs) Nothing at all. And I was like, this fan is dead to me. Get it out of my bedroom. (laughs) 
God. terrible. And I feel like I can sum this whole week up. I feel like I can sum the year up. Like if 2020 was a mouse, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm going to tell you? It I would do. be this mouse. Okay. So our AC has been out now for a week. It's traumatic, okay? We live in the D.C. area. The humidity here is so unbelievable. So, like, I could be in the desert and it'd be, like, 100 and be fine. Mm -hmm. In D.C., if it's 90 degrees and there's, like, 70% humidity, you want to die. It's like you're living in a sauna where you're locked inside of it and you can't get out. And they just keep adding coal to the sauna and pouring on the water, (laughs) It's been so hot in our house, and we had them come out to look and try to diagnose the problem while praying that it's something they can fix because it's like a 30-year-old system. And as he kept telling us, you know, we don't want to get to a point where where we are replacing something and the cost is so expensive in a system that's like 30 years old. You know, it's not worth it. So Peter is home when they come to check it out. And when I get home, he he tells me, you're not even going to believe what they found. And I was like, oh, great. (laughs) What more could this week bring? And he goes, Lisa Joe, when they were out there and they saw the fans are running, like all the things that are running, that are supposed to be running are running. He says, oh, I think it's just your, and I keep calling this part of the air conditioning unit, the defibrillator. I know that's not (laughs) what it is, but it's something that has like these two, um, you know, touch points that make the connection that make the machine run. He said, oh, if it's just that we can replace it, it's not a problem. He opens up the box, come to find out inside of this box, there is a positive and a negative point that are running the whole system. And some mouse, some mouse from hell, has (laughs) crawled in there. And with his nose to the one positive axle and his toes to the negative, he has created a conductor that has released a bolt of electric lightning that has fried our entire air conditioning system so much so that it cannot be redeemed. The whole thing has to be replaced because a mouse (laughs) crawled into the system and ground down our house to a halt. And I, when Peter told me, I laughed so hard, I started crying. Like my children (laughs) thought there was something wrong with me. And I was like, of course, of course, that's what it is. Of course, a mouse, a mouse came in and happened to, at the simultaneous time, touch two ends of this thing. (laughs) And it's like a lightning bolt struck our house because of this mouse. And I don't, I mean, that's just, that's it. Like, I don't have any, there's no point to the story other than to say, (laughs) this is why my standards are so different. They're so bad that my teenage son, (laughs) this is the worst podcast episode, it's making me laugh so much. I hope nobody in our family ever listens to it. My teenage son came into my bedroom last night where it was 90 degrees and I had a sweat fan blowing on me and said he needed to ask me something and then took one look at me and said, mom, could you at least put on like pants when I'm talking to you? Because I'm wearing like a pair of short shorts because I'm so hot. And I'm like, excuse me? And he goes, it just seems really inappropriate. I'm like, you're in my bedroom, okay, <laughs> where it's like a hot lockbox of torture and your sweat fan oh. is blowing on me and you are lecturing me. You who walk around wearing boxers, nothing else all day are now lecturing your mother about putting pants on. <laughs> So that you can request something of me. <laughs> and that's how yesterday went. <laughs> Let's call this episode, Lisa Joe, 2020, put your pants on. <laughs> 
we're done. We're done. We're just done. <laughs> I found I found myself this week saying those words more than I think I ever have. These words, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just done. <laughs> and the voice of my third grade teacher floated back to me over the years. And she used to say, I guess as little children growing up in Texas, we were fond of saying, I'm all done. I'm done with my work. Oh, right, and she would right. always say, Oh, honey, are you a loaf of bread? And then that <laughs> so was our cue annoying. to say, I'm sorry, I'm finished. Yeah, <laughs> I finished my work. So here today, I will officially say on the podcast, I'm finished. I'm just finished. I'm finished. But there is something about what this year has done to us, Lisa Joe, that it's different from other trials in the sense that, you know, these waves of small things, which is what they are. I mean, they're as small as a mouse creating a lightning bolt, right? They're right. so small. They're a virus. They're drama with our teens or, you know, these small but incredibly <laughs> hard things. But there's something about just wave after wave of that that um, I think it's different from navigating big sorrows and big griefs. And there are those too. We know people who are navigating those absolutely. And we have, you know, some things I think in our lives right now that would fall into that category for sure. But what we're talking about today are these just these, the mice, the mice, right? The broken air condition, air conditioners, the crazy, you know, second grade Zoom calls. Um, I can't, I feel like I'm a person that, that can, that's okay in a crisis, but this is not that. This is like a new kind of ordinary this is a new kind of daily living, and it's um, but it's not anything we've quite navigated before. You know, there's these moments of of just um, I think, especially for us, even more than our kids, where the adults in the room we recognize, oh, this is weird. How right. is this our reality now? This is so weird. This is right. so weird. And I feel like that's why these past weeks on the podcast, you and I just keep coming back to it. Like, what, what? <laughs> what is growth? We've always said extraordinary soil. Uh, sorry, no, that's not what we've said. We've said extraordinary stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. But when ordinary life is no longer so recognizable, when the soil is like different colors that soil has never been before, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know. Like it's, it's, it can feel destabilizing. Like what kind of ground am I even walking on these days? And yet, it's just good, I think, for me in those moments to know, like, this is weird for me, this is unforeseen for me, but we're standing not only on ordinary soil, as we've always said here, but we're like standing on a rock, like we're standing somewhere solid. We still are. It doesn't feel like it, but we are. We are. Our feet are grounded. Um, we're solid. It's just recognizing the solid, the solid rock underneath underneath our feet, it's it's just looking different these days, and and I and it's, I don't know, un, unfamiliar or it's like I'm trying to learn how to see my ordinary life again. I think we've also always said in this podcast, like it's not about seizing the day, but about seeing the day. Yeah. And I think these conversations we're having are the laughter and the joking and the stories, like we're working really hard and I'm proud of us. Gosh, Lisa Joe, I'm like proud of you that you're doing this in that 90 degree house. I don't think I, I, I'm just super grateful right now that my air conditioning is working. I don't think I could do that. But here we are in these conditions trying to see days that just aren't like any other days we've ever had. Like we're just doing that hard work of showing up and trying to see the day. And I guess 
whew, maybe that's where I'm landing is that's why our standards are lowering. That's why we're just laughing. That's why we're just taking it as it comes because our job right now is not to like conquer this or overcome this even, but just to be where we are and be honest about what we're experiencing and see it truly and see the God who's still here with us in the middle of it and just be where we are, telling the stories, laughing about the crazy and uh, not like killing ourselves to change these things that can't be changed. So laugh because laughter, I think, is is a way of seeing and of recognizing, oh my goodness, this is so weird. This is all so weird. <laughs> I, I love that. That's such a good reminder about seeing the day. I had forgotten about that. And I like that too, because it implies one day at a time, right? Yeah. Like to see yeah. the day, you just look at one, just yeah. one at a time, slowly. And I think that's really all I have energy for right now. And we do hope at some point we will get back to a place where we don't constantly arrive here like whiny toddlers. But that is <laughs> how we felt this week. Yeah. And it is legitimate. Like we have actual reasons. Like Chrissy actually texted me. <laughs> I think this week is trying to kill me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, last week you had killer bees. This week I had a killer mouse. Like, what a B.O. fan and none of our children wear pants. And apparently <laughs> we are not allowed to follow their example. So I just think, <laughs> just think we have to have permission. We have to have permission to talk about those things and to give ourselves permission to just be slow in processing it. And if you're listening, and that's really where you're at too, where sometimes you feel like you're beating yourself up because you haven't like got on board with whatever the new plan is or what work looks like or marriage or parenting these days or school, and you feel frustrated with yourself, may we remind you, it has just begun this September. You are having a hard time and this is a year that refuses to put its pants on. So <laughs> you get a pass. You are allowed to slow down. <laughs> You are allowed to be whiny. You're allowed to have as much drama as second graders do in their Zoom hangout calls. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is helpful because one of the things we're trying to make sure we do every episode now is recognize some of our just delightful podcast reviews. <laughs> this one caught my eye. As we were reading, clearly Meg gets us because she wrote this, good for the soul. This podcast is so good for my soul. Christy and Lisa Joe are so real and authentic. <laughs> they speak to the heart of living an ordinary life of faith. Their storytelling and connection to scripture is compelling. I love that they recognize struggle and punctuate with joy. Aww. Meg, thank you. Yes, We thank really you. hope that this episode... <laughs> Is that review in a nutshell? <laughs> Here we go, Lisa Joe. We're just going to laugh out these last months, I think. But you're right. We're only going to do it day by day. We're not going to look too far ahead. That means we have no idea what's coming on the podcast next week. And that is okay. Um, but chances are we'll be telling stories and we'll be laughing. And uh, we hope you'll be doing the same. If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link. 